And in Luke 15, 20, we read these words. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. You know, we've been talking about the gifts that the father gave to the prodigal son. We've looked at three of them. We've looked at the robe of righteousness that's ours. We've looked at the uh, the ring of authority that he's placed on uh, our hands. And we've looked at the shoes of uh, sonship and daughtership that he's had uh, placed on our feet. And we are servants to sin no more, but we are members of his household. But there are two more gifts that I see, and I'm sure if you looked at this passage long enough, you'd see a bunch more gifts. And the the two gifts that are remaining that we want to talk about are like bookends. One at the very beginning of the sons being cited by the father coming home, and the other at the very, very end. And uh, these bookend gifts, you might say, are what I would call the reception and the feast. And today I want us to look at the reception. Look at what happened to the prodigal son as he approached his home. As he approached his home, it says that his father saw him while he was still a long way off, while he was still outside the village. His father saw him and it says that he ran to him and he hugged him and he kissed him. And that's the reception, the way that the father received his son. And the very beginning of that reception speaks deeply to us this morning who are prone to wander. You know the song prone to wander. Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. All of us are like this prodigal son. All of us from time to time will drift away. And sometimes we can feel like we've gotten so far away that there's no way we could come home. And there's no way we could come back and be in his house the way that we were before. And so you see this uh, story speaks to all of us and it speaks to us in two different ways, no matter where we are. If you're one who's like the elder brother, what we see happening here in the son's reception and return is an invitation. It's an invitation to come on in. And as we read at the very end, the father is trying to get the pouty-faced older brother to come on in and join in the festivities and to be a part of this wonderful thing that's happened. If you're like the tax collectors and the sinners that instigated this uh, story in the first place, whatever the uh, uh, scribes and the Pharisees were there griping because Jesus ate and associated with tax collectors and sinners, uh, If you are a tax collector or sinner and listening, then it's a it's a welcome mat because you see scribes of the Pharisees were like the elder brother. 
they had been serving God all these years. And then here comes this, these tax collectors and, and, and sinners. And what the Lord was trying to get across to the scribes and the Pharisees was that there's something more important than just decorum and dignity and the way you do things. There's something more important than that. And that's relationship. And that is our connection with God and our connection with each other and our place in the kingdom. And uh, our religiosity sometimes can get the best of us and we can wind up standing there like the pouty-faced elder brother looking down on those who have been outside and have just want, and he may, may be wanting to come in, but they've never had an invitation. Well, I want us to focus on the fact that the father ran, first of all. He threw dignity and decorum aside because of his great love for his son. Now, in the first century, a Middle Eastern man never ran. I mean, never ran because if he were to run, he would have to uh, lift up, hitch up his tunic, and then he would bare his legs in doing so because if he didn't do that, he'd trip over his tunic. If he did this, it would show his bare legs. And in that culture, it was humiliating and shameful for a man to show his bare legs in public. And so here's the question. If it was shameful for a man to run in that culture, in that culture, why did the father run when his son returned to him? What motivated him to shame himself like this? Well, there are two answers, really. But before I go into either one of those two answers, there's something that we need to understand uh, that's in uh, this very important thing in first century Jewish culture. Kenneth Bailey, author of The Cross and the Prodigal, explains that if a Jewish son lost his inheritance among Gentiles and then returned home, the community would perform a ceremony called the Kazaza. They would break a large pot in front of him and yell, you are now cut off from your people. The community would totally reject him. So, again, why did the father run? Two reasons. First of all, because he loved his son and he wanted him back as quickly as he could get him back. And if you are a parent or if you have someone that you love deeply and you have been separated from them for some time and maybe it looked like you'd never even see them again, whenever you first see them after that, you have to contain yourself not to run because you're just so overjoyed and you want to get the reunion going as quickly as you can. You don't want to spend any more time apart than you can. And so you run. This father ran because he loved this prodigal son. Now then, the second reason that the father ran uh, was to get to his son before his son got to the village. You see, the father runs and brings shame on himself 
in an effort to get to his son before the community gets to him so that his son does not experience the shame and the humiliation of their taunting and their rejection. The village would have followed the running father and they'd have witnessed what took place at the edge of the village between the father and the son. And after this emotional reuniting of the prodigal son with his father, it was clear that there wasn't going to be a Kazuza or a Kazaza ceremony. There would be no rejecting of his son. You see, many parents would have gathered, would have, if a son had come back at that period of time, would have joined with the community in disowning the son. But in this case, he didn't give them a chance. Despite what he's done, the son had repented. He'd returned to the father. The father had taken the full shame that should have fallen on his son and clearly showed the entire community, the whole village, that his son was welcome back home. And the one that he showed more than anyone else that he was welcome back home was that son himself. The amazing application to our own lives is just crystal clear, isn't it? Out of love, our Heavenly Father has taken our shame through His Son who willingly endured the cross on our behalf. He took our sin's shame so that we wouldn't have to. Before they crucified Jesus, you know what they did to Him? They stripped Him. They beat Him. And they spat on Him. They humiliated him. They denigrated him. And he knew it was coming. And just like that father, then the story that he tells, he bore it all gladly so they could get you back and you back and you back and you back and me back into the fold where we belong. He willfully took all that humiliation because of love. Now he could have defended himself and avoided all that shame, humiliation, and pain, but he willfully chose not to because of love. And as a result, we can be forgiven. We can be restored, accepted. We don't have to fear going home to our Father and confessing our sins, no matter what we have done or how many times we have done it. You remember Jesus taught his followers to forgive 70 times 7. Sometimes the Lord has to remind me of how many times he'll forgive me because I find myself, and maybe you do too, committing the same mistakes. No, let's call it what they are. The same sins over and over again. And sometimes I get to where I wake up in the morning and I think, Lord, I just can't even face you because of what I've done. Surely this broken record isn't going to be listened to anymore. Surely this time it's going to be over. But then he reminds me that he wants me to forgive just like he forgives and he will forgive you. Every time he made it clear Anytime your brother sins against you and he confesses and asks for your forgiveness, he said, you give it. 
And backwardly, that says anytime you repent and ask your heavenly father to forgive you, he will forgive you. In fact, it says that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he will forgive. In our communion uh, liturgy, it says that, uh, but thou art the same Lord whose property, whose character is always to have mercy. And so if you're one of those that sometimes feel like you're sounding like a broken record, asking for forgiveness for the same thing over and over again, this message is for you. It's for you. He has a brand new beginning for you this morning. And we remember this morning how much he loves you. He endured humiliation so that you could be restored in your relationship with him. And at the same time that the Lord was telling this story, you know, the, the tax collectors and the sinners were still there. He'd been partying with them. And so they hear this story. And what they're hearing is that we have been brought in and we're not being browbeaten. We're not being just, just what's the word, just tolerated as uh, rebellious children who uh, have come home and now that we're just going to have to embarrassingly be endured. No, he made it clear to them, you are welcome in my father's kingdom and we're going to celebrate because you're home. In fact, all of heaven is celebrating right now because you have come home. And at the same time, He's the, just leaves the father going out to the elder son, to the scribes and the Pharisees and saying, won't you come on in? Won't you come on in and enjoy this wonderful, wonderful life that we can all have together? This morning we celebrate Holy Communion. As we do so, may we experience what the prodigal son encountered when he returned to the father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.